Hello, listeners. Thanks once again for tuning in. If you're digging this podcast, please, please, please go to iTunes and rate and review. Deborah and I love doing this show, and good reviews help us continue to bring fun guests and great albums to you. Thanks to those of you who already have rated and reviewed. You know who you are. We know who you are. And we're looking forward to reading some new ones. And now... Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of this particular album. is very, very important to me. I'm Joel Spence. And I'm Deborah Tarika. This is the podcast where we ask people we love to pick an album that is very, very important to them, and here they share their memories. Great and not so great. And emotional connections. Great and also not so great. And we all get to listen to it through their ears. <laughs> Hi, Deb. Hi, Joel. How are you? I'm, I'm great. Let's start with our regular segment, which is uh, this particular song is important to me. Actually, it's this particular song is very, very important Oh, yeah, you're right. I shortened it. <laughs> you named this podcast. I abbreviated it. I named you were, it you named this podcast. <laughs> this is Enola Gay by OMD. I went to the year of the album that we're about to do, mm-hmm. and then I picked a song. This is one of my all-time favorite songs. It's one of my favorite songs to dance to. Ooh. I love this um, song, too. My dad's brother, uh, Uncle Mark, made my siblings and I, I don't even know if he made it for us or it's a mixtape of his, but it was a mixtape in the early 80s that had this song on it and then a song called Chicken Outlaw. Um, By OMD? No, mixtape. Mixtape, Joel. (laughs) Mixtape. Mixtape to the same artist twice. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Who was the band that sang... How bizarre! Oh, uh, we just—that was our. How bizarre! How bizarre! Uh, they were called not OMD. It's O. Uh, OMC. Yes. Or, uh, this was actually last episode. I brought that song in. For you my, did. I did. That That's is how so weird. funny. Because That's you a said OMD, band. and I was thinking they sing how bizarre. But obviously not. But this. this- Far superior. It Sorry, is OMC. Joel. So yeah, yeah. Uh, OMC. Yeah. Okay, so, great. So, so it's OMG. just one letter off. <laughs> almost the same band. And they're trying to like get there alphabetically earlier in the record <laughs> store. Oh, exactly. Like those imposter movies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's you know, yeah. Um, like when a killer calls instead of when a stranger calls. It's like it'll be earlier on the video show. That mixtape, but we listened to it over and over again, um, or at least like the first half, because I can only I have very strong memories of specific songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the tape disappeared, and then I heard this song, and it like blew my mind when yeah. it came yeah. back into my life. And yeah. it's just the most fun. It's like anytime is I'm at a dance party or anything mm-hmm. or a wedding, and they play it, I lose my mind. Yeah. And I got to see them live, and it was so fun. Like, cause it sounded great. Oh my god, yeah. I love it. Uh, yeah. And what I, a weird mashup. I love this sort of '80s. It was like fun, poppy, but also really removed and cold. Like mm-hmm. there was the there was the juxtaposition of the two, which was so '80s. Yeah. But they, just the voices were not. It you had know. emotion along with the sort of cold. Yes. Um, like Erasure and Marcy. Yeah, and yeah sort we of talked voice. about yeah. uh, Yaz. Uh, yeah, uh, Yaz. Oh, the best. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 
That's a great song though. I like, I, I can't hear it and Thank not you. lose my mind a yeah, little bit. That was me it. losing my mind, by the way. <laughs> I'm losing my mind right now. <laughs> Here we go. So this is, you can't get less clever. <laughs> this also came out in uh, 1980. This is Air Supplies, love, Lost in Love. Oh yeah. I love Air Supplies. <laughs> oh yeah. I was like nine. I didn't understand what anybody was saying in these songs, but yeah. they, they imprinted on me. We had a van and we it was, soccer practice was a common mm -hmm. thing that I'd be taken to. And my brother and I each took our own like bench seat of the van. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I would always take the back seat and my brother would be in the seat in front. my mom driving or my dad driving. It may be completely wrong, but I remember this song quite a bit. And I think I, looking back, that's where the speakers were. Oh, mm. uh, I, the, I the, would imagine the kids would hate this song. It's so mm. cheesy. It's so cheeseball. Uh -huh. And there was other songs like Call Me by Blondie was out in 1980. Oh, and yeah. I love that song. song. But we were talking about this with John Bowie. Like back then radio just had Everything. Everything yeah. from one to another. Yeah, yeah. there was, yeah, there was, yeah. I did um, in college a sketch uh, for nothing. My Peter, who I've talked about before, mm. my, my old roommate and best friend, we just sat in the video store, Emerald Video in Isla Vista, um, and just somebody brought in a camera. I straightened my hair. So it was like mm. crazy long and straight and more like weird hippie clothes. And he, I don't know what the hell he wore. And we just like sang this like into each other's mouths. Like, <laughs> and, 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 like the, we were like trying to be them. I don't remember it exactly, but and I don't mm. know whatever happened to it. But yeah. we like, I think it was like a love hate though. Cause I, I think I genuinely love it now, but mm. and I hate using like, I don't like things ironically. I hate that so yeah. much, but I yeah. think it was like, I think deeply that's what I do when I'm like, oh, I legitimately love this and want to blast sure. this in my car, sure, but sure. I'm embarrassed yeah. right. to like it because right. I'm in college and nobody listens to Air Supply. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. This is another moment where when that other singer takes over and I think it's right after this moment that gives me chills every time when he takes the chorus and he just goes higher than... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh. I remember back then going, wow, this is really good. I don't know why this is good, because I didn't know anything about music. Yeah. Making me so happy. Also, all I want is for it to be their love story. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's me too. all I want. It like, always kind of felt like it was. Yeah. I mean, like, so. They would was, sing to each they other. They would sing right to each yeah. other, and their faces would sort of blend into each other in the yeah. videos, and it was yeah. very... It was intimate.
And there's just something about just the na- just air supply that's just yes. so perfect. It's Soft just like rock. a maroon turtleneck. Yes. Oh. Sanka. And do they still perform? I feel like I've seen signs like along the 101 in like Woodland Hills or like Agora Hills or something where they like show up occasionally. Yeah, I think they just but run like, the, uh, yeah. I don't know if I, I think I would it'd be interested in seeing them in concert because I bet it's just as fun. Yeah, they have. They had like a string of 10 hits. Oh, yeah. Those they, are the only things I know, too. I know yeah. no deep cuts. I don't want to pretend that I'm an air I don't know fan. that they had deep cuts. Didn't they have just like <laughs> one <laughs> album or two albums? They really did. Yeah. That. And they all were hits. Like they yeah. were, they just like knocked it out of the park and then they were gone. And it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. they just got it. They're like, this is all we need. Yeah, to they, do. they're, they're yeah. American. Probably they were huge in Australia for the rest of their lives. Oh, but I didn't know they were Australian. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I just watched a, sh- a, a live performance of this song this year in Jerusalem and like the crowd was going nuts and oh, singing wow. along and oh we gotta wow. go see them yeah. we, gotta we gotta go, go to Jerusalem we gotta okay. go to Jeru- Jerusalem you know some Next people go Jerusalem. you know for say. their a pilgrimage for their you know, for other for their, right for their yeah. this right is, this is our birthright we <laughs> Yeah, we have memories attached to this song. (laughs) I know. I know. I always. My mom like we would play the tape over and over and over again. All out of love was the other big. All out of love, yeah, of course, Uh, of course. uh, Our guest Drew Drogi is an actor, comedian, director, writer, performer about town and the internet, based in Los Angeles. He's originally from North Carolina. He's got a hilarious series of. Chloe Seveny. Is that how you pronounce it? Sure. Yeah. Or what do you? What do you? How do you? Seveny. Yeah. It's. Is uh, it a ye? I say ye, although I think one interview she said it's like the number seven and then then on your leg, your knee. So seven knee. Seven knee. Yeah. Um, Sure. I say it differently every time. (laughs) Yeah, that's part of the fun. (laughs) Like, is it toast? I remember Mm -hmm. that one from, (laughs) that's how she pronounces toast. (laughs) Um, He won the Indie Series Award for Guest Actor uh, for the series Adulting. He's been on a thousand other TV shows, Sarah Silverman program, Bajillion Dollar Properties, Drunk History. And of course, I think when we when we release these, it'll be a little in the past. But uh, Mr. Dennis on Heathers. Which you are also on. Yes, we share. We don't yes. share the scenes, but we share the screen. We, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> As the saying goes. As the saying goes. We don't mm-hmm. share the screen. Uh, Drew Drogi, what particular album is very, very important to you? I had a lot to choose from. There, there yes. are quite a few, but I selected Wild Planet by the B-52s. Mm. Yeah. Who Fantastic. are just, I mean, have have been one of my favorite bands all my life. Yeah. And um, and I, and it's weird because, I mean, I discovered this album later, like after, because I mean, I, yeah. what, I mean, I, I'm, I, I hate to admit that I stumbled on them like most people did in the late 80s with Love Shack. Love yeah. Shack, yeah. I mean, and I, it's a great song and I still love Love Shack and yeah. it's and it's great, but it's it's sort of like I I became a, such a fan of theirs that I was embarrassed to admit that because that's what all the basic people, you know. It's, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, but it's, I, I mean, I'm a huge John Waters fan, but Hairspray was the first John Waters movie I saw, which is a brilliant right. movie. It's, it's an yeah. incredible movie, but it's his most popular, it's his most mainstream sure. movie too. Yeah. And so it, when you're a fan, you kind of hate like loving the, what's the, you know, their, yeah. the, their most sell out, quote unquote, sell exactly. Out. Yeah, like, also, not- you know, uh, you know, uh, and this is part of my irritation with the '90s. It was like being a sellout was the worst thing you could be. Of course, um, yes. yeah. And I think too, yeah. Like I was um, um, 11 or 12 when I heard Love when Love Shack came out, and I was just like, oh my god, this is great. Mm-hmm. And I just what I loved was just 
just such a commitment to absurdity and to random Mm -hmm. and the colors and the ridiculousness and the silliness, but they were so serious about their silliness that I, that I was like, this is everything. And it was at a time where, you know, we were just about to start the grunge era that I never got. And I, and, and like, I totally support people loving that. Now, I mean, I can look back at Nirvana songs now and say that's that's a great song. Yeah. At the time, I hated it. I hate all of it. And I and I didn't see the difference between Nirvana and, like, Soul Asylum. Like, yeah. to me, it was all <laughs> just, like, somber, like, woe is me. And mm-hmm. lyrics, like, I'm only happy when it rains. Yeah. You know, and just, like, <laughs> all that shit that was just, like, I'm depressed. And, yeah. and, and, and I still, I, I still will argue, like... Like, look at the 70s, look at the 80s, look at what's going on now. I know I've skipped over a bunch of decades. The <laughs> 90s was a pretty easy time to, to be alive. Yes. You yes, know? Yeah. And yeah, yeah the yeah. 90s was all about like, The uh, economy so was great. Pain. The people had jobs. Unemployment was virtually non-existent. Yes, at that I know. Time. And if the 80s was like the me decade, the 90s was like the woe is me decade. And also <laughs> a bunch of people that were like privileged yeah. and wanted to like, it was like they were, they romanticized pain. Yes. yes. And yes. there was so much music about that. And I just never got it. Um, Which and- is great, I think, yeah. in some ways, because then it means you didn't need it as much. Mm-hmm. I think because yeah. I think people sought that out in their like, Dark I mean, teenage years. Yes. Or wanting I mean, to be I depressed. Definitely, and to me, like my version of that was, I read a lot of like Southern and African American literature. Mm. Like I, and I, and I wanted to relate to that in a really gross way that I'm not proud of. Yeah. Cause I would, you know, I would read Toni Morrison and I'd be like, I get it. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm like, no, I, I mean, I, it's beautiful. It's incredible, <laughs> sure. but I don't, I can't say I, I, uh, you know, understand have lived in a fundamental that way. You know, yeah, I'm not yeah. beloved, but, um, <laughs> but, um, musically, I only wanted loud, fast, trashy, music yeah and i but with b52s i loved their just just there was a there was such a um like i like i said like like a like a randomness to it and so then i went back and discovered like their earlier stuff Mm -hmm. and that's when i saw that you know their their uh, debut album uh which is just called the b52s yeah and then they had, you know, the other albums like uh, Party Mix and yeah. Mesopotamia and Whammy. And there was something about Wild Planet that just sort of all came together for me. I mean, it opens with him saying surprise <laughs> and it's the opening song is about what a terrible party they're at yeah. and how they yeah. bring the party everywhere they go. And they, yeah. I mean, I think that summarizes and them that's completely. Yeah. 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 And, you know, the 80s, you know, I mean, I'm going to get, get super deep and weird, but it was a terrible party for, for yeah. gay people in the 80s. And yeah. it was a, and for right. people, you know, and, and they were they, they were freaks and they were kind of throwback to the 60s. They had a real like hair hopper vibe and mm. they were sort of out of step, out of time. And I think, but they didn't care. Yeah. yeah. That's partly why I picked Lost in Love because that was sort of the scene back then, and to, what yeah. a jarring yes 
um, arrival for mm-hmm. this band to not have four different modulations in yes. their song, chord modulations or key modulations. These were basically jams with occasional changes. Yeah. Yep. I totally Wikipedia this. I did not know this, but I did read that they recorded both of the, the debut album and this album in um, the Bahamas. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. uh, at, at this at this guy's sound studio that he didn't do any didn't do any mixing. Didn't I mean there was no right? he wanted it to sound like you were in a garage with them. Like yeah. they were just there. Yeah. Yeah. And it does. It feels space. like you could have walked into a house party and they'd be playing and right. it'd be great. And right. some of these feel like first drafts. Like mm-hmm. it's like they put a bunch of words down and yep. Fred Schneider just went, All right. I got it. <laughs> it's very it? improvisational <laughs> yeah. and yeah. like kind of da da, and yeah. it's like, you know, I'm just gonna go and I'm just gonna go with whatever whatever comes next. Yeah. And yet it's sort of like weirdly makes sense because they haven't overthought it. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, and it is it's party music. Yeah. You guys remember that? I don't know if you ever did that improv warm up where it's hey, like, Fred Schneider. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Fred Schneider. I forgot about it's that. It's so funny. I keep thinking. I kept thinking about it while I was listening. How do you play that again? This. You, you go around right like, in a circle and you just go, "Hey, Fred Schneider, what are you doing?" And you have to just say something that's yeah. to the same. I'm building a birdhouse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, so just tuning like, a piano underneath the boat ship. That's better. Yeah. And a pizza for the babies dance. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you just, it just has to go to that rhythm, and that's it. It's just commitment to ridiculous. Yeah. I have never liked jokes. Like I've yeah. never, like they're very mathematical to me. I don't like jokes when I go, oh, I get it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I can understand them and I go, that's the, okay. I I see what you did there. Very clever. Um, I'm not good at telling jokes. I don't remember jokes. I, they just don't stay with me. I don't enjoy it. I love abstract. Sure. I love, I, and that to me is what's mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. That to me is what's like, you know, mm-hmm. way more, way more interesting. It's, it's surprising. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's that like, you know, beyond the Valley of the Dolls is oh. like so funny to me. So funny. Yeah. But I'm like, what are your favorite lines? I mean, yeah, there are lines in it, but it's it's really the experience of watching yeah. that whole movie. Yeah. The harder you try to be funny, the less funny the worse. things are. I know, and I think yeah. like my favorite comedies are when people are playing it so for real yes. that you don't know, like they're not aware that they're making you laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Although, you know. if you go back to Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, I do feel like has so many memorable lines that, oh, like, not so even in many. a Bentley. <laughs> like, Bentley, just, like, Ashley. Every, oh, like, it feels like if you could recut that to be the funniest movie in oh, the fucking world. Come into my web, said the spider, uh. etc. <laughs> etc. <laughs> but yeah, you get a sense, of, and it's like with good camp. They mean it. Yes. They mean every yes. second of it. And like yeah. bad camp is just too self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. When we you sent me the email with your other choices, and I said we've had a lot of earnest pieces uh-huh. of music up until this point, so it'd be it, they're still earnest. Their earnestness is about having fun. This is all we're doing right now. Yes. Join yes. us. And Fred Schneider, he, he rarely smiles when you watch him yes, perform. That's right. It's like he has a job to do. Yeah. yeah. He is in a suit and he is gonna he's gonna make you party. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I and I always yeah. I love that Appreciate about that. it too. And I'm like, does this guy know how how beautifully ridiculous this is? Of mm-hmm. course he does. He has to. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he also knows that it's not about like his experience. Yeah. He's your professor yeah. in party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? 
I remember seeing them as a little boy on SNL. Like we would, um, there were two, my, my parents were friends with these other parents and we'd have dinner parties at their place usually on Saturday nights. And we, the kids would stay up and watch SNL, which was not a good time for SNL, really. But there was some good stuff. Like we all we wanted to see was Mr. Bill, like because that re- right. we were so young. Yeah. But I remember we sat, we would just kind of watch, and then the B52s came on, and boy, was that like, I was scared because yeah. of the beehive. Like the beehives made me think of uh, the Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. And how like they were uh, jerky with their movements, yes. and I was just too young. But I was mesmerized by the whole thing. I remember also in that same year, I remember seeing David Bowie perform on with SNL. Klaus yes. Is that with the new yes. drag? It was yes. yes. And that was also like jarring. Yes. Uh, when I was like, what about Lost in Love by Eris ah. Abad, you know, <laughs> It was sort of my mind year, cracking open. I guess I, uh, that year is fascinating because I have the DVDs of the first five seasons of SNL that they okay. they put on DVD. Yeah. And that last season was really interesting, like I think especially musically, because it was like, uh, they also, that was like, uh, Bette Midler was on, mm. was the musical guest. Buck Henry did the host of the show, and it's wow. one of the most incredible episodes because it was so dark. Oh, he yeah. did his like creepy molesting uncle Oh sketch. yes, that's right. <laughs> With Lorraine and Gilda, and it was yeah. like so upsetting and great, terri- and they're all so good <laughs> in it. Yeah. And Bette Midler sings like she's singing some. It's not the Rose. She maybe did that as her first song. Yeah. Okay. But then the second song was was somebody else's maybe song. Maybe cover. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and this is fascinating. I'm like we could say it, but I don't know. But it was just like it's Probably so fun. beautiful and incredible. Yeah. And um, yeah. It was a little dangerous back then. Yeah. SNL. Yeah. This time was very strange because like disco was was dead yeah. and punk was coming in and I think B52s like are a little bit of both yeah um and yeah because they do get lumped thing. in with that punk yeah. yes they feel very punk like, I yeah. mean it feels like you know and they sort of they sort of perform like like punk yeah. Yeah. you know what's next running around I think that's yeah. next on the album. I like this one. I love this song too. This is not one that a lot of people know very well. Did you already tell us where you were, like what point in your life when you first really started listening to them? I must have been in like sixth grade when I first heard Love Shack, and I was probably seventh, eighth grade when I started going like deeper, deep cuts. And this and is in stuff. North Carolina. This is in North in a small Carolina. Town. I was like seeking out anything that was not, aside from my Southern literature that I was reading, I was looking for anything that that was like city, that was like L.A. or New York. Like, I was obsessed yeah. with the city, and there was part of me that knew, like, I'm gonna leave and go, you know. There was something uh, about B-52s and Fred Schneider's voice. Like, I think we have very similar voices, and he sounded he sounded s- Southern, 
yeah, and gay, right. and it was something yeah. that I didn't really understand then, mm. but I felt like, oh, I get that. Mm-hmm. Like that's my that's my language. Yeah. I'm understanding mm-hmm. that. Is they are they're at a Athens, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah, just like REM, they were sort of mm-hmm. in the same sort of yeah. Did you have a crew that you were with that liked this? Or did you have like a gang or like a I know my friends? friends all liked Love Shack, but I think I discovered B-52s kind of on my own. Yeah. I decided like I really liked them um, and Sinead O'Connor. That was a, mm. that was another album yeah. that I suggested. And it was because of Nothing Embarrassed to You. It was the same thing that I was like, I think I want to find out more about them. And you would go to the record store mm-hmm. and get those tapes and maybe the, and the CDs. I guess I would get the CDs. Yeah. And just get everything. If their name was on it, I would buy it. Yes. I love that. And then I would just yeah. listen to it over and over and over again and pick out what I liked. And, yeah. you know, um, and I had so many albums like that and some that I'd never listened to again. But, um, yeah, you couldn't listen to them ahead of time. You had to just like pick it up and go and yeah and I remember like playing them for friends and I think it's I mean it's like you can't really not like this but you're also in you know with seventh grade boys and so they're all like you know 10 years later that I was listening to it so it was sort of like what are you listening to yeah Yeah, it's really like there are no other bands like B-52s. No. You can't even just say, oh, there, there's, oh, this is such a, this is like a band that's like the B-52s. There's no band like that. Yeah. No. And they're so still, yeah. they're still great. I saw them at um, Governor's Island in New York. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Maybe. Um, Were they at a, a music festival or is it a, No, it was just, just them. them in concert. And uh, so you ride the ferry out. That's what that is, right? Governor's Island? I think so. I think so. I think okay. so. Yeah, that's, yeah. And uh, anyway, they were incredible. They're still I still got it. I uh, this this song, uh, "Give Me Back My Man." Oh is, yeah, uh, yeah, crucial. Cindy Wilson. That video that they have is the black one and white the, video. The black and white is what's the first one I saw. Yes, it is a sexy. Everyone is sexy in yep. this video. Yes. And uh, for a band that's not about that. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. They ended up... And I I never re- realized how uh, good-looking the guitarist and the drummer are. They are, yes. like... Mm. Yes. Ricky men. Wilson and, and Keith Strickland. Keith Strickland, yeah. yeah. Ricky Wilson, unfortunately, passed yeah, away Yeah, Ricky 85. died in, like, the mid-'80s. And Ricky and Cindy are bro- were brother, yeah. were brother and sister. I mean, I'm, I'm oh. sure you stumbled upon this, but it's so sad. Like, she didn't even know he had AIDS until she uh, got the phone call that you should come to see your brother who's yes. dying in the hospital. Yes. I can't. It's, yeah. it's so crazy to imagine a time when yeah. we were alive, yeah. when that was, when you're, you you're like, you know she's supportive. Yeah. Like, she's only with gay people all the time. Yeah. You're in a band together. Can yeah. you ma- yeah, and, and it being that hard to tell somebody. Yes. And I know it really, it was devastating to her and that, you know, and obviously. And, and just also, 
so sick and sad that like they, I mean, they were loved by people that got it all through the 80s, but it was really Love Shack that made them crazy mega famous. Yeah. And it was like after Ricky died and it's yeah. like he so paved the way. Yes. Like so many, I mean, like that's the thing, like how much we lost. The sadness to me, to think about AIDS, like, the the art that we had to come like you know and the, all the stuff that came yes. before it's like all the stuff that could have could have been Cindy left I mean I know she left the band for a while and yeah. it was just a lot of it I, I would imagine is just because it's like it's a lot to handle yeah. all that particularly with him. a band that is about partying and have fu- having yes. fun and how do you have right. fun while you're and nobody wants to out. hear what you have to say it's like yeah. that's the other thing too like you've carved out such a niche to like forget about your troubles mm-hmm. you know and party dance yeah. all over them and, and nobody yeah. wants to hear you know and uh, and it wasn't a, a landscape where people you know had social media or other places to put other parts of themselves yes. they were just like this is yeah. what I'm selling and this is all I have yeah you know to, for the, to offer the world and that's gotta be really hard to negotiate Tell that this band never set out to be famous. Yeah, no. they don't really care. We're gonna, we're gonna define our own genre. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. Gonna, right. Yeah, and I think that's why I love it so yeah. much. There's such authenticity to it. Yeah, there's there's no sense of like this is what the kids are listening to. But in this, this song in particular, which is like a, a, a not uncommon theme of give me back uh, this man that I love, uh-huh. and her negotiating tactics is I'll give you fish. I'll give you candy. candy. Yeah. What the hell? Everything I have in my hair. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, uh, okay, I, sure. It's, it's a, somebody like a crazy, like a, a mentally ill, <laughs> yes. a homeless yeah. person would say right. too. Right. Uh, but it is also, there's so much desperation in the song. Yes. And urgency. Re- oh, in that I know. Song. It's a beautiful song. Yeah. Also, I think because it's not specific, yeah. like her saying, I'll give you my heart. Mm. I'll give you my soul, yeah. mm-hmm. which is so trite. And, yeah. and I wonder if it's they're equally arbitrary. I'll give you yes. fish. I'll yeah. give you yes. Yes. my love. Like, like, they all weigh the same. Like, you get to, to replace that for what that means to you. And I think that's like really beautiful. And then, of course, Private Idaho. Yes, this which had a, a just, quite a few lives here. This oh, my God. This song is uh, yeah, the opening. It's a, a miracle of, of Fred Schneider. <laughs> Un, it's just like I liked. I'd never seen the movie. I know that they have no real connection except yeah. Gus Van Sant borrowed the name. Right. Yeah. But I can't. And I know that movie has. I've never seen it, but it has like it's a lot. It's dark. Oh, it's incredible. It's really draw. It's drugs yeah, it's and about dark heroin addiction and, and hustlers yeah. and you know. So even it's like knowing movie. that, it's very hard to like listen to this without thinking it has a darker under undercurrent to yeah. it. Even yeah. though it, I mean, it might on its own. Yeah. I he is. It's part of his genius is that in this song, Fred Schneider, is that he he makes such specific choices that you go, that's obviously a saying. I live in yes. my own private home. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I, exactly. I get it's, it, it's yeah. so I get it my way, but I don't know. And, and there is something about like being in your own world and the fantasy. It's, it's wonderful. And just the guitars, yeah. And just like, I think he played it with two bass strings and 
a few of the higher strings, but he just didn't use the middle strings. He just didn't string his guitar, so huh. he, that's why it's kind of going back and forth from. His guitar strings are just the low ones are being used quite a lot, and then he occasionally oh, just hops over to the other. Oh, I, I have no idea that. how that stuff works. I'm fascinated <laughs> that you. I'll cut it out. Uh, no, 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 I, I mean love that's, that. that's awesome. I love but that it, stuff. It's another example of how they there's no one like them no other band has a guitarist their main guitarist their main sort of melodic instrument removing strings in the middle and just going flip back and forth with this sort of surfy vibe to it yeah um yeah and i think in connection with that movie it is that they they have to the rest of the world such horrible like just just depressing lives mm -hmm. yet they have such beauty together it's a mm -hmm. love story ultimately and I, I would imagine that's why it's like in our world it's our own we world. have this we've created beauty mm -hmm. that no one else understands and mm -hmm. no one else sees and everyone looks at us as this try you know and because um, when I remember that movie the, the you know there's the iconic scene where I want to say Keanu Reeves puts his head on River Phoenix's shoulder when they're on the motorcycle, and it's really about that mm -hmm. more than it is about heroin and the and you yeah. know and uh, prostitution. And so I think that's why. And I think also it's like there is just the connection with like it's a gay song and a gay director and a gay story. So I think it is just like I think he just mm -hmm. picked it, picked it, and he. Um, and I think it's also fitting that it's that there's not much more of a connection there because it's yeah. just like a B-52 song yeah. it's like yeah. right. this will be whatever yeah. whatever it is yeah. have you ever found anybody along the way that shares an equal love for them oh yeah I, oh yeah and uh, people who um, I, uh, on Heather's actually, uh, one of the uh, props, one of the props guys was wearing a Grateful Dead shirt and I love the Grateful Dead too, which I think is really? way more surprising about me yeah. than, than B-52s. <laughs> I was in a real dead phase too, that I loved them. And, um, so we were just talking about that and I saw the, the dead in concert in like 94, like right before Jerry died. And it was just like, it's life changing. I went with my mom cause she was like, you're not going to go unless I go with you. And so my mom and I went and saw The Dead together. Because she knew that you were a huge fan. Yes. And she Aww. wasn't that much of a fan? Not really. And it was her era of music. And she was like, I'm going to go with you. That is awesome. And it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so, uh, but anyway, we were talking about that. And he said, well, I just saw my favorite band, the B-52s at Pershing Square. And I was like, that's so random. <laughs> I love both of those bands. And like, what is the... Polar opposites almost in a way. Yeah. yeah. Yet, yeah, there is real. something very... Who cares? <laughs> right. It's there music. It's something yeah. very... Uh, what I also... I think Grateful Dead also has a commitment to really rambling random lyrics. Yes. Mm. Uh, it's very singular. Mm. They had one song, in the, A Touch of Grey, in the top 40. Like, <laughs> yeah. they yeah. did not... They were not... <laughs> they were very popular. Everyone knows who the Grateful Dead is. Yeah. But, like... I would say less than 1% of the population can name a single Grateful Dead song. Yeah. Right, right. And I it's like, a, um, they sang Rock Lobster, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a chemistry teacher in high school that for extra credit, uh, that's this is how I got into the Grateful Dead is 
uh, she would ask questions about Grateful Dead lyrics on her tests for extra credit. So it was like, who could wade in a drop? Who could wade in a drop of dew? And if you put Sugar Magnolia, you got oh, extra points. Yeah. And so I was like, cool. I, I love like that the teacher. Grateful Dead Teacher's now. fucking cool. I ended up with, like, buying like three or four of their albums. <laughs> <laughs> it's for school, mom. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Devils in My Car. Yes. Great song. Are there any songs that you skip on this album? The last song I usually would skip over. It's they, like, have, they have like one of those every album, like this just sort of out jam where it's they just repeat like a, themselves. Yeah, it's just, it's like, it's almost all instrumental and it's called yeah. like 52 Miles from mm. Venus or yeah. something. Yeah. It's fine, but it's not one that, you know, yeah. I would listen to on repeat. This feels like good road trip music too. Yes. Oh, completely. Oh, dirty back road. We just like we talked over that one. That's oh, we, oh, the, we did. The sex. That's that's all about sex. It's filth. Isn't, ev- isn't everything? <laughs> I love it. I love it. All this podcast is just this is a sex. Well, podcast. yeah, it's music. It's gonna be about. It's gonna be about sex. <laughs> when does he sing? Is it dirty back road when he's like, "I'm gonna kiss your neck. I'm gonna kiss. I'm then I'm gonna kiss your." Is it strobe light? Oh, it's strobe light, of course. Strobe yeah. light, of course. Because I was like, I knew that was coming up, and I, uh, yeah, when I yeah. talk about that, and then. Yeah. Why they sing about the devil I love. I yeah. mean, I'm like, and it's still fun and poppy. Yeah. yeah. But I wonder if it's like a southern thing about like we were we were just taught to fear the devil at all. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. to this day, you know, they they put the fear of the devil in you about things and you just have to be like, oh right, I um that's ridiculous. I find Satanism hilarious. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Witchcraft funny, and Satanism yeah. is is like so delicious to me because it's like if you're committed to that absolutely remember that whoever it was that was running for senator and she said I used to be a witch as if it was the most common (laughs) thing to say I'm like like, you get my vote lady (laughs) did you grow up with religion in your house yes yeah we grew up Presbyterian I went to church every every Sunday Um, do you still practice I don't know I don't practice uh, I don't practice Christianity I, I still I still have Faith, and I have this. I have a. I have a very like. I feel like I have a very vague, sort of g- general spirituality that mm-hmm. I like to cling to. That that gives me peace. But it's like I don't. Uh, I don't go to church, but I definitely. I don't. I have a lot of memories from church, like that were that were everything. Because I had. I mean, you know, a, you to go. A one seventh of my life I would spend there. Yeah. yeah. Um. But uh it was. There was some great stuff, especially from like youth group, like, you know, and like memories from that kind of stuff. Um, but I always had a, there were people in the church that were horrible people that mm-hmm. I had more memories about like them yeah. than I was like against what was being taught. Cause yeah. Presbyterian's fairly moderate. I mean, it yeah. wasn't like Bible beating mm-hmm. evangelical or right. Catholic that was very dogmatic. There was, it was, it was. So I don't have a lot of hangups with religion yeah. coming yeah. from the South. And a lot of people just assume, like, if you're... And, and I don't. I, I don't have, like, yeah. you know... Um, you were because, able to separate the people from the religion. Yes. And, go, like, and I was yeah. able to, like, negotiate my life yeah. with with religion and spirituality, where a lot of people can't because yeah. they're grown up with such strict 
rules that they just, you know. What was it like for you in middle school? Was it a, it, I mean, it's, it's never an easy experience for anybody, but no. like, was it, um, uh, did you, were you in a public school? Was Public it- school, seventh grade was the worst. Seventh mm-hmm. grade was my welcome to the dollhouse year. Oh, yeah. Where when I went and so, when that movie came out, obviously later than when I, I went back and I was like, oh, that was, that's how I felt yeah. every oh, day. Yeah, that right? And, um, oh yeah, it was, that was the year that, well, because like, I just moved to a new school in sixth grade, but we were like, it was the, that was like the top of a, a elementary school. And we were like yeah. the cool Seniors, kids and, sort of, yeah. and everybody was like sweet in sixth grade. And then you get yeah. to seventh grade and yep. kids get mean Claws come out, and yes. like puberty is happening starting. And I, it wasn't for me. I was a very late bloomer. So I was still like sweet and why you come on and what's going, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it was like called fag every day. That was just like, that was every day of seventh grade. Uh, and I was never beat up or anything. I never got into like horrible fights, but it was just emotionally horrible. Yeah. And I didn't have any teachers that really had my back. There was this like hippie dippy language arts teacher that went to my church that everyone was like, oh, you'll love her. And she was actually the worst because <laughs> she was like the worst thing about liberals. Like yeah. just the, there was this false since and she was superior okay. in her, you know, and she, you know, made us watch Dead Poet Society, <laughs> and she kind of like stood next to the TV and kind of pointed, like, yeah, see, I'll I'm be that captain. for you. I'm your captain, and she was just an asshole. I'm the captain now, you know, and uh, and uh, you know, she she didn't wear makeup and she had lupus, so therefore she was interesting to people. Yeah. But uh, she was just <laughs> awful, um, and um, so I just didn't feel understood on any level yeah um oh and the other thing was i was so exhausted every day of seventh grade because i would just felt just bombarded at all and your guard all is up constantly constantly yeah. and i and her class was where i would take naps because she was just spouting nonsense and there was never any like real work we were doing she was just jumping around and flailing and as she called mm-hmm. it frolicking and she was such a like it was it was that gross side of like everything I n- need to know I learned in kindergarten yeah, and yes. 90s just yeah. like touchy feely shit yeah. that I really you know I wanted to you know party seri- you know like yeah. you know um but I didn't understand any of that I just didn't know I didn't like that side of you know and I would put my head down on on my trapper keeper and just because I was like, this is pointless. And she at church told my mom that she thought I was on drugs Sounds in seventh like a grade. Perfect woman. So yeah, yeah. She was like, I'm concerned about Drew. I think he's on drugs. And so my mom, <laughs> excuse and me, Miss Strogi, like, I'm the captain. You don't know me. I'm yeah. the captain <laughs> at the school. And the thing was that like they did know, like they were social friends with them. And so it was even more like out of a place of concern. Mm-hmm. And it was a complete lie. I mean, I. I was nowhere near drugs. I had no idea. Like, you know, and I was just. And she felt she was being a hero, too, uh-huh, I bet. Uh huh. And she was just being. Yeah. So, yeah, she'll go down as one of the worst teachers I've ever had. You know, it's like. <laughs> but then, eighth grade, something happened where I got funny. Like, people found that I was. And I got really popular. I pretended that I was possessed. Which um, <laughs> wore me off evil. I'm a witch. Yeah, I'm a witch. That can it work worked. for you and against you. I'm oh, so happy it worked for but you. It worked for me because in uh, the small town South. Oh, what town I, is this? Uh, Lincolnton, North Carolina. Lincolnton. Okay. Convincing people you have the devil in you, they will stay away from you because they don't want the <laughs> devil to jump out of you into them. Yeah. So oh, I convinced people that I had this spirit in me that I called the Griffin, and I had this like 
you know, like that like medieval bird uh-huh. in me. Uh-huh. And I started doing that and I made my friends laugh. But it like really scared a lot of people. I was just weird. I was very weird and yeah. I was committed and I didn't care. And because yeah. I got laughs. Yeah. And I was like, this is more powerful than yeah. being judged and you know, that you know. And there were some mm-hmm. friends that got you. They got oh, yeah. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And I had I always had a real a core of really great friends. I've always, uh, I've always been very lucky to have a group of friends that and by eighth grade I I think we had sort of, you know, Grown up a little bit more, where we were like a lot more of a team. Yeah, and all through and high school was great. I had a great time experience in high school. Yeah, um, it sounds I, like you were so you were smart enough to already have like hindsight at the time because mm. I think like, I always knew like this is temporary. That's so, and I'm gonna amazing. get through this. And I just I that's the thing I would I would like try to like I've been asked to give advice to kids who are bullied, and I'm like I have no idea what to tell kids. It's yeah. awful, but. It's not like it gets better. Yes, it does, but it's also like this is temporary. What I yeah. said to it's that like, is the advice I think because it's yeah. even knowing that because in the moment everything feels so dire. Yes, but knowing because yes. I don't. I think I always felt I never thought of it as temporary. Yes, and it, everything was more painful, and I cared mm. so much. Yes, but being able to like go like meh. Right. I don't care what they think. Were your or parents like, helpful in this, or were they? They were. They yeah. were. They were. They were. Uh, you know, like uh, my dad was never the hyper masculine, like let's go throw football. Like he was never like to me or my brother. Uh, and uh, you know, my mom knew that I loved movies, and so my mom and I would go to a lot of movies together. And so like they, were, yeah, they were they were really great. And yeah. then they were, you know, my mom was an interior designer, and my dad was in furniture, so they were they knew a lot of design, they knew a lot of uh, flamboyant types, as yes. my mom would say. <laughs> so there was that, and yeah. I think just like. You know, and I was a good kid. Like yeah. until high school, I, high school, I, I I screwed up big time a lot. I would like a lot of like you know drinking and you know smoking yeah. pot and all the stuff that you do in high school. But I made really good grades, and I was like the overachiever, and I was like yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was like one that they could look at and be you know. Um, my brother, who I think is so much smarter than me and gets it, was like, I don't need school. He was the rebel. He was yeah. the one who was like, you know, but I was like, I was a good kid. I was yeah. like, I made was all he the younger kids. than you? Younger than me. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like the right birth order. Yeah. By life. the way, strobe light, yes. so strange. Because it's really, here. it's also about sex. That's why, uh, and it's like Fred Schneider pretending to be straight yeah. in a very strange way. Because <laughs> yeah. first you're like, it starts with that phone call, right? Like, hey, yes, baby, yeah. Yes, and and it's like Kate Pearson who's going, ooh, and so it's like <laughs> a gay man and a lesbian, like, yeah, having sex. But it's like I'm gonna kiss your pineapples. <laughs> and it's just like, it's just like whoa! <laughs> oh gosh, That's Phil. You're a huge John Waters fan, uh-huh. also. When did you? When did that start coming? That was in? around the same time. Yeah. Like it was all sort of that was wrapped up in with B52s. John Waters. It was all like, they're you know, like it was a, the other side of each. I mean, they. I, I do link them in my head. Oh um, yeah, it's like this is the house band in his head. I think. Yes. Oh sure, yeah. yeah. And I, and I mean, I, I remember seeing Hairspray, uh, and it it changed my life. Like I didn't know movies could be this. I yeah. didn't know, and I knew on some level like there's something. So much deeper going on here. Did you start with hairspray and then go backwards? No, I think because this was like I, in Lincolnton, you couldn't find old John Waters movies. I was gonna say mm. I have because Peter, who I talk about sometimes, he grew up in Santa Maria, California, tiny town. His uh-huh. mom 
was so supportive of him that they would drive. She would either like mail order, we like, like John Waters movies or other like yes. crazy movies, um, and then, or they would like drive to L.A. Yes, like three well, and a half hours or whatever to get. I remember get him a movie. I I got polyester was on was at the video store and that was as that was as old and subversive as you could get because yeah. yeah. that was his that was you know that was an 81 um that's a nice hybrid one yes like it's like- and it's still to this day one of my favorite ones because yeah. it's like sort of douglas sirk sort of very strange <laughs> uh and very sad i mean like it's it's like it has these long moments where you're just like i love how somber it is oh wait is this, is this the oh no, maybe oh yeah Baby, when I kiss your hair, I feel electricity in the air. Electricity. Electricity. I'm gonna kiss your eyes. <gasps> then I'm gonna kiss your neck. Oh. <sighs> then I'm gonna kiss your tummy. Oh, now we're getting there. Kiss your pineapple! <laughs> <laughs> it's so aggressive, too. <laughs> what? It's so aggressive, too. It's so <laughs> aggressive. I know, I know. <laughs> Underneath the strobe light. <laughs> so good. So, uh, so I interrupted um, you, yeah. No, no, it's okay. No, and then I remember getting a, there was a video guide and I found multiple maniacs. Yeah. In like a, 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 and I have, and it's like out of print. Like I have like a VHS of Multiple Maniacs. It's this terrible bootleg quality. <laughs> um, and so I had that. And that was like super deep cut. And I was like, whoa, what is this movie? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until college where in Winston-Salem, they had Female Trouble and Pink Flamingos. Oh, wow. When I discovered those. Yeah. When I got those. And then by that point, um, Crybaby and Serial Mom had already had also oh, right. come out, yeah. and um, I saw. I remember the first time I saw Serial Mom. I was a senior in high school, and that to this day is maybe maybe it's in my top three favorite movies of all time. It's so yeah. good. I think it's a, a brilliant movie, and I and I do I, I attest that in a hundred years people will use that movie to study '90s culture because mm. it's all in there. Yeah. About our, our obsession with. Uh, serial recycling killers and, and just with I said recycling, recycling. you said serial recycling. killers yes. <laughs> like, equal I always get that Same part difference. in my well, head if you don't like, recycle Rosemary Ackerman you, you might just you know get a happy face <laughs> um, well Kathleen Turner 100% deserved an Oscar nomination for that for that performance it's so good and it's like our obsession with Amy Fisher Menendez Brothers it was right at the same year as OJ but like just yeah. it was just starting our, our culture's obsession with with uh, you know yep. trash TV and like and and uh, exploitation and you know and and it, it it's all of that it's all wrapped up and it's also just exploding all suburban values and the sweetest mom in the world who's just like uh, uh, and we all you know I thought my mom was serial like we all were like our mom is that when we go to school <laughs> yeah. our mom is prank calling people and plotting murder and you know <laughs> killing people for stealing her parking spot at the grocery store yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. so um yeah so good. <laughs> And then there's this song. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, one line over and over again. Yeah. Jam. We need a filler. 
Let's yeah. get this off. We got to get this up Play. to 30 minutes. <laughs> Play. We'll do this. Without this, it's it's uh, not an album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got into the B-52s with Whammy. That was my... Okay. And it was not far from when that album came out. I mean, think of that. Like three years later after... Um, it might have been four years, but uh, after Lost in Love, I am so into Whammy. Yeah. It's a... It's a I, I, everybody like you, you like albums for different reasons. Sometimes like it's it's not doesn't mean it's the best album, but I took that out al- to that album pretty hard. And this was after I, they had freaked me out. This was after I just knew them as Rock Lobster and that band that just was sort of weird and funky. Yeah. But Whammy became one of the albums in that summer that we just played over and over again. Yeah. And then I've just since gone back and. F- backwards and forwards with them That's yeah fun. this is my first b52s album oh yeah i'm gonna be honest what do you th- what do you what is your impression of them i like, like it i mean i've been familiar with them yeah. I, I did i'm very guilty of the when love shack came out i was like what's this new band yeah. yeah 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 so like i didn't know the order of things so i know the hits and i always forget that rome is one of their oh, yes yes because um, that was rome i, I love that song, song. avenue yeah. z is up. a great song yeah uh is that what it's called channel avenue? z channel z sorry um, and Channel the- Z, all the other thing I found out on Wikipedia, Wikipedia, Channel Z was the first hit on that album. It was, it was the first single. Then- and then Love Shack came out oh, like, kind of wow. a bit later. And there's something I'm always fascinated about that, like why that song at that particular time yep. and that amount of popularity. Like I remember where I was because I, I think I've recently rewatched like a home movie of this trip that my family took with a bunch of other families in the winter of like... 88 does that mm-hmm. feel yeah. right yeah. with love shack i think 89 89 yeah. then it was like it must have been the year it came out yeah. and like yeah. there was um it was i had two best friends rebecca and rebecca and our <laughs> <laughs> rebecca rebecca and deborah um and they all our families all went away and one of the rebecca's has an older brother who's much older so he and his girlfriend at the time had rented a separate place away from like where we were all staying and we would all call it the love shack <laughs> um, even though not we were like nine like we yeah, did not know. know um but we we're like oh it's the love shack because that song and so like right. that song is very tied into that uh-huh. trip of just going like oh they probably like go and have parties or uh-huh. um, maybe we thought they went and had sex i don't know <laughs> like i don't think uh, i was that young but it was such a oh my like, god this pairing band, of that i think they've always like I, I didn't know this was part of the fun about b- the pre-internet age is that you just assumed they were these people um, right. 24-7 yeah. And yeah. because they, they they had such an image I that was do. fun. Right. Um, but interviews, like every interview I see, even early to now, they have this sort of cool, um, I call it cool, but I don't mean in, the, 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 in a hip way. They seem perfectly detached from all the BS about being in the music industry. Yes. And they still seem like the exact same people that they were before they even formed a band, which is, this is fun. This is, it's, it's, it's not rocket science and we have a great time and like it or don't like it. We love it. Yeah. yeah. yeah come and to I think the party. it's such a good yeah. lesson in longevity and like living your truth. Just like we, you know, I'm glad mm-hmm. yeah. people really love this, but it's also like, we're not magic yeah. mm-hmm. and and again you know like us or don't like you know we yeah. love it we yeah. have a great time and I think that's the lesson like do you know follow your bliss do what you love yeah whatever you make like is make what you like to make and don't worry about what other people are gonna like because it's like that's that's who they are yeah I 
have seen Fred several times at, at Akbar in, in oh, yeah. uh, Silver Lake. Uh, I would, I would, uh, and I would I, be paralyzed. And with. I was an idiot when I met him, and he was kind of like, kind of like, okay, cool, like, you know, because I was just like, oh my god, I love you so much, yeah. and he was like, oh, okay, okay, thanks. <laughs> and I, can I get a get? Can I get a drink? Like it was just sort of like get out of my way, and like, you know, and I'm like, oh, I get it, I get it. Like, what do you need to hear at this point? But it's really hard. I mean, it's yeah. like, and I. And yeah. um, same with John Waters, I got to interview him um, for, over what? the phone. And I was such a lunatic on the phone with him, and he was so nice. I mean, John is is known for how kind he is. Mm. But it's that thing where I'm like, I'm not a fan of a lot of people. Like, yeah. I meet a yeah. lot of people, and there are a lot of people that I'm like, oh, wow, you're really great. But there yeah. are very few people that I flip out. Yeah. And I needed, I, I wanted John to know that he's on a very short list. I mean, I always say yeah. John Waters and Carol Burnett are the two uh, people that yeah. just, I lose my mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he'll never know. It's like that thing that I want from him to know is like totally not important to him. Would you, what would you knows. want him? Oh, sorry. Yeah. I think he has to know because he's so specific of like, su he's such a specific person and he means, because everything you're saying, I'm. it's not my experience, it's Peter's, my, my yeah. Peter's experience, but like we got, I was with Peter twice when we got to meet John Waters mm. and it's the same thing. I've never seen him like this, like where it was, this it sounds so, um, I was at Sundance. Uh, yeah, we went. In, we went yeah. in college, just like a bunch of dumb mm -hmm. kids like going and we went and saw Gus Van Sant's Jerry, uh -huh, um, uh -huh. where it's just two dudes wandering in the desert yep. and like, um, we saw John Waters after that and Peter went up to him and I, I thought he was going to pee himself. Like, yeah. I think John Waters knows because he is the most important person to so many people yes. for what he has done. Yes, absolutely. For an entire culture. Yes. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, you know, I when I talked, I, I just started the thing and I was like, you just have to know, I just vomited at him and he was like, oh great, that's so nice to know, we'll have a good interview. He's like, cool. And it was hard to interview him yeah. because every question I had, I knew the answer to. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know what I, I don't know what I'd want to say to him. And it's like, I've always said, I'd love to have dinner with him, but I'm also like, but I feel like I'd be such a weirdo and I don't know. And I don't know that it would be, I, I, again, it's like, I, 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 I understand fans when I, mm -hmm. when I think about him yeah. Yeah. and Carol Burnett, I think about like, oh, I, I just, I don't know what I, what what about Fred Schneider? Would you like that you, appeals to you? About I just you know growing up, I never saw anybody that looked like me or sounded like me or, or as much as Fred Schneider. Like I always felt like, oh, as I decided I wanted to be a, a performer, you know, for a living. I never I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me or seemed like yeah. me in in movies or on TV. And he was somebody that I was like, oh, that guy. Like I, I, so I understood that on that just totally selfish yeah. level. Yeah. And again, there was just a, a complete fuck free attitude yeah. about like, I don't care if you accept me, love me, get me on any level. Yeah. I know exactly who I am. He was so tapped into his improv brain. His mm -hmm. right brain was just so loose and free and you never knew what was gonna come out. It was so, it was so, you know, brilliantly silly that you're yeah. just like, please, more from you. With all that fun energy that he had, there's a, a live performance from 1980 at the, I can't remember, it was a full concert that they have. It's black and white and they sing uh, 
like an early song in the set is "Give Me Back My Man," and he does nothing in that song except, um, at least in that video, he's, he, you don't hear him at all singing. Mm-hmm. In that video, he's just kind of hitting the tambourine when there's no tambourine. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but he looks so cool to me. Yeah. And in the live performance, he's doing that basically. He's dancing, but then on the sort of keyboard, da 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 da, that uh, Kate Pearson is playing. Mm-hmm. He walks up to this sort of glockenspiel thing like what a marching band would have mm-hmm. a little tiny xylophone which is suspended up and down as opposed to to down so he faces it and he grabs the 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 mallet or whatever and he just hits every note like spot on like i don't think of him as a musician but he right. it's funny just to see him concentrate like without any tension right he just hits every note perfectly Ugh. on every part of that that song whenever that comes up in the song to watch yeah. him all of a sudden cool. drop everything and, and nail something musically. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I also, like, oh, <laughs> he told the story on Howard Stern about coming out to his mom, where he just said that she was, he, the quote was, he, she was vacuum cleaning. It wasn't uh, she was vacuuming. <laughs> she was vacuum cleaning. And I came up and, and said, Mom, I'm gay. And she said, oh, I know. And then she continued vacuum cleaning. And he thought, well, I guess I'll go downstairs and smoke more pot. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he's a fun... It. A national treasure. I, I I, true, truly, just a just singular perfection. Yeah, you know. The skies are charcoal gray. It's a dreary downtown day. Yeah, Quiche Lorraine, Quiche La Poodle. Quiche, Quiche Lorraine. <laughs> Another it's, like he found it in the street. Is that right? It's something about like oh. Quiche Lorraine. He just he found a Quiche Lorraine in the street, and it. <laughs> And it gave him hope and connection. <laughs> I think, like, it, to me, it also it reads about like a dog that he had that finds a Great Dane and runs off, and now he's left without Keach Lorraine, his poodle, and he goes mad jealous about it. Uh, but it also could be about a Keach Lorraine. Yeah, <laughs> it could I be mean, a metaphor I, I, about I, possession. I, it could also be a dog. Whatever you could, want to interpret. Yeah. It. I always took it literally, but maybe it is about it the dog. Maybe it's the dog named Keechley. I never connected those. Yeah. yeah, it feels like you can take his lyrics pretty literally. Yeah, I, I also feel like at the time <laughs> that was probably something that was very bougie. Like mm. it was the avocado toast of 1980. Uh. <laughs> You having know, a poodle like or a quiche lorraine? A quiche lorraine. Yes. Maybe also having I a poodle. I think it was though. like chicken yeah, divan. Like yeah. it was one of yeah. those dishes that like chicken a la range. Chicken, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was like that. Like you know, the nouveau riche would have yes. order at a restaurant. Yes, and uh, yeah, I'm sure there's something in that where mm-hmm. it's like ugh, yeah, uh, that's like fancy and disgusting at the yeah. same time. <laughs> yeah, like to end each podcast by going around and saying something we learned today maybe something something about the b-52s or about each other just um it really could be anything i learned that i should uh make a hasty visit to serial mom i've not seen that movie oh you must you You must it It sounds like a movie i would i just sort of missed and it's it's truly brilliant Yeah. yeah
this is this is an introspective one. Yeah. Anytime I, I love John Waters, I realize I st- steered the conversation a lot towards him because anytime he Always comes fine up, by me. I'm like, I want <laughs> to talk about him. I love yeah. him so much. Yeah. I don't need to curb it, but that's maybe it's just an uh, if we were doing personal notes, maybe I don't um, shoehorn the conversation so much, but. <laughs> I really wanted to hear what you had oh, to say about him, even always, though it's not about John Waters. You can this is great. Like shoehorn me into talking about John Waters. I have to be told, like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. I had a friend in college that was like, you know, I like John Waters, but you're obsessed. But you should be. Like, John Waters said that you're nothing if you're not obsessed. <laughs> you were ready. And I was you were oh, ready yeah. for that. I was so like, funny. yeah, you open that door. I learned today a lot about guitar uh, <laughs> chords and strings, and like, can you just hear a song and and hear that in a song? No, I I, I it, it took a little bit of because I'm fascinated by the sound that they have, how right. inter- interesting that they are, and how um, how just how the music of this band was written between those two guys. Mostly, I know that mm-hmm. uh, Katie Pierce, Pierce, Kate Pearson, and uh, Cindy Wilson did. Uh, co-write a lot of these songs uh, but the majority of the music was handled by the, the back line the two the two guys in back and the guitar sound is so distinct and alive it's like just what sets them apart immediately I just started reading about him and I know that when Keith Strickland after uh Ricky had passed away Keith Strickland said I, I want to be the guitarist in this band and had to learn his style which if you're a guitarist you can kind of muck through anything but he had right. to really devote some time to learning how he played and it was that back and forth between the bass strings of the guitar and the high strings uh, that was a distinct style uh, distinct style unto its own and, mm-hmm. and it's it's one of those hidden little secrets in that band I think it's awesome Check out Drew Jogi on Heathers whenever it may air, and at press time, the future is rather uncertain, unfortunately. Well, you can Google that. Uh, but you can watch his critically acclaimed one-man show, Bright Colors and Bold Patterns, on Broadway HD. And on Twitter, at Drew Jogi, right? Mm-hmm. That's D-R-E-W-D-R-O-E-G-E. And on the podcast called Minor Revelations, everywhere you can find podcasts. Drew, thank you so much. Drew, I love you, guys. you. Thank you so much you for too. Thank you for coming in. Thank you, guys. Here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to This Particular Album is very, very important to me. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at This Particular Album. Follow us on Twitter at Particular Album. This show is produced by Joel Spence, Deborah Tarika, Ryan Middledorf, and everyone at Campfire Media. Artwork by Anna Salinas. Music by me, Joel Spence. See you next time. How do you like me now? Maybe I was a child. Hey, class. 
It's Lindsay and Angela. Welcome to the Clam Bake. You know the opposite of a sausage fest. We explore what it means to be a feminist today. We're coming back from our post-season one hiatus with a very special live show as part of the LA Film Festival, and we'd love to see you there. It's Tuesday, September 25th at 7.30 p.m., and there are going to be trucker hats given out. Get ready to win. Woohoo! So join us in some much-needed patriarchy smashing live Tuesday, September 25th at 7.30 p.m. Tickets are available online at filmindependent.org. Can't wait to see you there. Bye, Clamps. Bye. Campfire.